It's the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent with your host, John Rawl, and welcome into the Thursday edition of our program. Later in the Y'all Show today, we'll have Ryan Fowler from Tuscaloosa. He's the sports talk show host of The Game on Tide 102.9 in T-Town, and he's going to come on and talk about the number one Alabama Crimson Tide. And if you love the Crimson Tide, you're going to love Ryan's interview and if you despise Alabama, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you to tune out because we need all the listeners we can get. But it will he'll, he'll, he'll probably get you fired up. So that's coming up in hour two of today's Y'all Show. And we've got much, much more of what's going on in our region here. If you want to reach out to us, our number is 803-816-1170. And you can find us on the World Wide Web at y'all.com. We'd love to get your feedback and more. We're going to start today off with a special guest. We're actually making history on the Y'all Show as we welcome in a guest. And he was actually one of the first, if not the first, guest we ever had on this show, Howie Morgan of the Election Impact Group. And he's joining us now to start off our show today, kind of recapping this week's election and get his thoughts. Hello, Howie. Welcome back to the Y'all Show. Glad to be here, John. And you're making history. You're, we don't normally have guests this early in the show, but we figured with Howie, we need to get him on. Well, we had a big night last uh, this past week with yeah. the elections, and it was a lot of fun for all those political dorks like me. Yes, you are a dork, and you're a political dork too. Howie, <laughs> are, we're going to kind of look at various states like we did. You had it. We were talking to you way back in June about this upcoming election, so. I'm going to ask you just overall, real quick, your thoughts on what happened Tuesday night. Incredible turnout on both sides of the aisle. I think that is the real uh, takeaway for me. Did you see that coming at all? You know, historically, our midterm elections do not generate the enthusiasm that Donald Trump did on both sides of the aisle. I mean, you loved him, you hate him, but you all had a feeling about him either way. And a lot of people came out and voted uh, their respective feelings on the issues. And it was it was just a huge, huge turnout across the nation. What about the South? Did we have incredible turnout in most of all of the southern Man, states? Look at Texas. Okay. I mean, for Ted Cruz, a Republican, to almost lose a statewide seat was shocking to me. Um Great turnout in Florida, uh, two elections that the Republicans were not supposed to win, and they kept they, they t- took over the Senate seat and they kept the governorship. Uh, that was a surprise um, to me. Um, only one real loss that shocked me: uh, Mark Sanford's old district. He was beaten in a Republican primary. That's South Carolina's there. first congressional. South, yeah, that was a, I was surprised the Democrats won that one. And, and and quite frankly, a lot of us re- recognize that Donald Trump has alienated um, a lot of higher income, higher educated voters, and we lost some suburbs around the country. But the wins by Marsha Blackburn, uh, my friend and and uh, former client uh, in Tennessee, was just a, a lopsided win in Tennessee. Yeah, talking about uh, the the volunteer state, not only did she win by a sizable number, but did you see the numbers coming in on the Tennessee governor's race? I mean, it was just a – Tennessee is a Republican state, and for people to say it's a swing state, that is just that, that's a ridiculous statement. I mean, Bill Lee, a newcomer, 
he defeated the Democratic challenger, which again had only been the mayor of Nashville, but he wasn't known throughout the state, Carl Dean. But this guy, Bill Lee, who owns an air conditioning company in Franklin, Tennessee, a pretty <laughs> a pretty good air conditioning company. One that he's not he's not hurting when it comes to money. He won by about twenty points in that governor's race. Yeah, and you know it, the Republicans did very well in the the U.S. Senate across the country. Now, granted, we were running in states that were very friendly to us. Um, these are states that Trump won. I mean, Missouri was has always been a you know, Republican state of some McCaskill, Claire McCaskill got lucky every year and had somebody running against her that has had some kind of problems. One person was indicted like 12 years ago. Another person had made some uh, bad statements six years ago. Yeah. So finally the Republicans took back what was rightfully theirs in Missouri this past week. Yeah. And Okay, I, on Wednesday show, Howie, this was called a midterm election, and I don't know if you can remember back when you were in school, but oftentimes when you had a so-called midterm, you got a grade attached to your your standing, and I gave the Democrats a B-plus, and I gave the Republicans a B-minus. How would Howie grade the parties this week? I give them both a C. Really? I mean, we did what we're supposed to do. Republicans did what they're supposed to do. They they won Republican districts. But the problem is we lost a lot of governorships. And I am concerned about redistricting in 2020 because that will set up the House for the next 10 years. And we lost a lot of states in the Midwest, to the governorships there. And that's going to be the same states that we had. We're able to play with the districts and make them more Republican friendly. And that's not going to happen now. So we're going to have a little problem in the House, I expect, in the next decade. So I'm I'm not very happy about what happened. I know Republicans lost in Kansas. What happened in Iowa? Who won that race? Iowa is a remained remained Republican. The uh, lieutenant governor did pull it out there. But we lost three out of the four competitive House districts in that state. Um, we lost a lot of House districts that were, quite frankly, um, upsetting to me. Uh, we lost three out of four in Virginia that were competitive. Yeah, Virginia, uh, we, we, Virginia is a real disaster from a Republican standpoint. Well, we've had a long history of having bad candidates. Uh, Corey Stewart was not even – no money came behind him. He was a disgrace as a candidate. And, and when you have a bad candidate at the top of the ticket in the state, it, it's going to hurt you down ticket. Because well, don't forget, these are not nationwide elections. These are district by district elections, and every state is has a different mentality, especially when you have someone at the top of the ticket. There was no president on top of the ticket. There was a U.S. senator in only one-third of the states. So that all matters. When you have someone at the top of the ticket who is not popular, who does not matter to most of the voters, it's going to hurt your down ticket as well. And I think Corey Stewart dragged a lot of the Republicans down statewide. Well, a guy that I think you've had a connection to in the past, Dave Ratt, congressman there who several years ago surprised everybody when he won, defeating a Republican mainstay in a primary, and he lost this week in Virginia. I was very, yes, uh, Dave Ratt was one of my clients, and I was very disappointed to see him lose. He was a Richmond suburban district, but that's been the trend for a lot of districts. Again, that's one of those higher educated high-income areas, and we lost in the suburbs of Atlanta, you know, Richmond, Salt Lake City, Tucson, I mean, all across Dallas. I mean, 
there are a lot of areas across the country where we lost suburban voters and suburban voters tend to be higher educated, high income voters. And that was just a uh, unfortunate result of the election this past week. Well, if they're higher educated, higher income, that must mean they, they do pretty well and they are benefiting from the so-called Trump economy. Why didn't that help out in the suburbs, the great economy that we're enjoying? Well, President Trump didn't campaign on the economy. He campaigned on the immigration episodes and, and the, the caravan and border security and those kinds of things. And that helped him in the Senate races, but hurt him in those House districts. And to me, I would have we, – we knew if I was President Trump's advisor, I would have had a more positive message. I would have had a more promises made, promises kept, look at this great economy kind of message. And I thought we would have done much better. Because don't forget, as I said earlier, these Senate seats last night, a lot of them were held by Democrats, but the states are Republican. I mean, Joe Manchin won in West Virginia. That's a Republican state. But we always should have won that state. We should should win Missouri. We should win Indiana. We should win Arizona. And we're not winning these states. And I thought that President Trump's message didn't – it wasn't more encompassing. It wasn't more positive. And those people did not like the message of President Trump's uh, campaign, and they reacted to it. And, you know, it's great to fire up the base. We want to fire up our base. You want people to be enthusiastic to support you, but uh, you want to have the House and the Senate and Republicans, like myself. We gained seats in the Senate. We lost the House. We're talking with Howie Morgan of the Election Impact Group. He's worked with not only Republicans, he's worked with Democrats in the past, too. So if you think we've got a partisan here, he he leans more Republican with his work. But he does a lot of work on both sides of the aisle. And we're glad to have him come on and kind of break down Election 2018. So you said that both parties get a C. So how do they go on from this point forward, Howie? How do both parties advance? I think the Democrats have to realize they have a problem with their messaging. And if you want to keep being the party of grievance, the party of, uh, uh, of disappointment and say that we've been discriminated against, women are held back, minorities are held back, et cetera, et cetera, that's just not a very positive message. And people don't believe that for the most part. Uh, this is a great country with great opportunity. And because you're not successful in life, it's not our fault. It is likely your fault. And that message just doesn't sell. And that blue wave they talked about was a complete joke. People don't vote. They don't care. And there's a reason why us older people can make fun of millennials. They don't come out and vote because, you know, I, I saw a comedian named uh, a Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, and he told Beto O'Rourke, are you concerned about the fact that half your voters think they can vote on Instagram? Social media is not real life, and the Democrats have got to realize they have, they have a bad message. And they, I mean, if they hate Donald Trump so much and think he's so bad for America, why in the world are they not winning at the ballot box? They have to recognize that. But Republicans also have to recognize that we are losing the battle of ideas. Because we're not talking about ideas. We're talking about President Trump. And that's not a good idea for me, for long-term success, for anybody. You can't have everybody praised Obama 
or Trump or any leader, because when he goes away and he will go away, what are you left with? And the Republicans have always been believed that we are the champion of ideas and we're not talking about ideas. We're not talking about the conservative approach to health care. We're not talking about the conservative approach to the opioid crisis and the drug war and those kinds of issues that Republicans should talk about. We didn't even talk about the economy. We have a huge, great economy. But we're not talking about that either. So we're, we're losing on the messaging. And so I give both of them a C. All right. Well, what would you give President Trump specifically? I think Trump did a um, – I give him a B. Really? Um, I, I think he did a good job of what he wanted to do. I may disagree with what he, he's doing, but because tactic-wise, I, I think it's, it's, it's too short-sighted. But there's no doubt that what he did was successful. His idea was to win the Senate, and then, and then he did. Now, again, there was natural territory for us, and we should have picked up seats in the Senate no matter what. But there's no doubt that he um, said he wanted to do X, and he did X. So give him a good grade on that. Well, let's look at it. Howie, he went to at least 11 cities in the closing days before the election. Historically, presidents don't go off and do that much campaigning, do they? Well, in, they... For a midterm. I, I, I can't answer that question because I don't know the exact facts okay. of that, but I, I, I would say that every president is always campaigning because their main job uh, is... I mean, they're not in the legislature. They're not making votes. Their main job is to have the bully pulpit. And what else are they going to use? Yeah, well... He is a hard worker for sure. Now, some of what he says may not go for everybody, but he definitely does that. Howie, my niece, who I would say she and I don't necessarily always agree politically, after the election, she put out, and this may be the best thing that I've seen in all of politics this week, she put a tweet out saying, democracy is a sham, eat tacos. (laughs) And she's a millennial, so there you have it. Hey, I want to ask you about something else. We we now know that the Democrats take the House, the the Senate will be Republican controlled, but we're not done with election twenty eighteen. There's not going, yet. Not There's yet. One more race. That's right. So I want to ask you about what is going on in Mississippi. There is one more Senate seat to be decided, and it's a special election in Mississippi. And this past week, they had two Republicans and one Democrat run in the election. The Republican vote was split, but there's obviously a clear leader. And that Republican will now challenge that Democrat. And so we have Sidney Hyde-Smith, the incumbent appointed senator, will be uh, challenged by Mike Espy, the former congressman from Mississippi, the first black congressman in Mississippi, as well as the former agricultural uh, secretary for under Bill Clinton. And they will be going to the ballot in three weeks. So on, on November 27th, there'll be one more election in our country. And that was a real enigma, that race, as it is kind of a jungle primary going into the election. And Chris McDaniel was that other Republican you mentioned, and I know you and I kind of have been tracking him. I watched the video he put out just yesterday where he did a post-mortem of his race. And Honestly, I thought he would win. I thought he would at least make it to the primary. Not only was I wrong on both accounts there, I also was wrong. Not only did he lose, he got trounced. What happened there? Well, that's the Trump effect. I mean, Donald Trump came in and endorsed the incumbent, uh, the the moderate former Democrat senator. And when Trump does that, 
nothing else matters to the Republican Party. A lot of people have have uh, have, have have suffered that, that consequences. I mean, that's one of the things I was thinking about Trump. He's not a conservative and doesn't talk about ideology and doesn't talk about policy. He talks more about personality. And when he endorsed people like Mitt Romney and John McCain, those are not exactly conservative stalwarts in the Republican Party. These are people who are, quite frankly, loathed by the majority of Republicans. But Donald Trump, when he endorses them, they the Republican base and electorate follows him um, to, to whatever the, the ends they go. And unfortunately for my friend Chris McDaniel, he was uh, uh, on the wrong side of President Trump, even though Trump endorsed him four years ago. Well, I did see in that post-mortem video, McDaniel said he's not mad at President Trump. President Trump had to cut a deal with Senator Smith, I guess, politics in Washington, the swamp and all that kind of stuff. Although not happy about his not making it to the primary, McDaniel is taking his toys and, and going to a corner and not crying about it. And that's that's a good thing. Have to wonder what's in store for him as there's going to be a governor's race in Mississippi in 2019. Any thoughts on that race? You know, uh, people in this state are, where I'm from, uh, are just now beginning to get arranged uh, to that mindset of the 2019 elections. But quite frankly, we still have a, one more election to go. So people are still stuck mm -hmm. on the U.S. Senate election. I'm sure by January we'll have a better idea of who's going to be running in that race. Yeah, I'm interested, quite frankly, in January to see what Democrats do in the U.S. House. Will there be a Speaker Pelosi again? Right now, the Democrats are leading in the House, and they have taken over the House. But I don't know the margin of victory yet. There's still a lot of races that have not been decided yet. And unless there's a big Democrat advantage, if there's a small advantage of less than 15 seats, a lot of these new Democrats that got elected, they said they would not support a Speaker Pelosi. So you may have a battle in the U.S. House over Speaker Pelosi versus someone younger, a new generation. Because yeah. don't forget, all the leadership on the Democrat side in the House are all over 70 years old. And a lot of the younger people, I mean, there are young female Democrat House members who are former CIA, CIA operatives. So, you know, they're not going to sit back and wait for Speaker Pelosi to, to hand over power. They want to take it from her. Well, part of that reason that she's in power and may remain in power is that she is the czar of all things California Democrats. And she has the pulse on that huge wing of the Democratic Party. And it will be fun to see what happens there in Washington, D.C. And remember, if you're a Republican, she may be the best thing that can happen for 2020 becoming the head if she ends up being speaker because remember she was the whipping post for republicans back in 2010 2012 2014 you got to beat pelosi she will be the face of the democrat party i expect and there's no doubt that her being the face of the democrat party incites republicans to be against her all right howie morgan anything else you want to throw out before we say adieu to you uh nothing else besides i appreciate all of america being careful enough to pay attention to this race and get out and vote because obviously with the huge numbers we had 20 to 25 percent depending on the state uh uptick in voters and that's just awesome yeah that's a great thing and american democracy is still going despite what some people have said howie thank no you sir all right and that is howie morgan election impact group
When we come back, we'll have more headlines from across the region. And again, in hour two, we'll talk SEC football with Ryan Fowler from Tuscaloosa's Tide 102.9. This is the Y'all Show. This car I'm driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range? Oh, they were way off. Son of a... Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. Uh, moving expenses? Uh. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business. Day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say happy holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from, or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry, get jolly, get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. This morning I do You ring it red He said, honey, can you love us dead? I got a letter this morning How do you ring it red? You know, sir, hurry, hurry I got a can you love us dead? Oh, I grabbed up my suitcase Took out down the road when I got there, she's laying on the cooling board. I grabbed up my suitcase and I said, I took out down the road. And we're back on the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl. And our number is 803-816-1170-YALL.COM is the website address. Want to again thank Howie Morgan for coming on in the previous segment to give us his perspective on election 2018. Coming up later this show, you don't want to miss it. We've got Festive South in the next segment. We've got some great festivals going on this weekend and next weekend across Dixie. We'll tell you about it. And at the start of next hour, here's a name I want you to write down. We're going to talk about John Punch. And that name, well, it's a name you should know for a couple of reasons. But the main reason is, well, slavery. He was the first noted slave in North America, in the American colonies. 
And we'll talk about that and the incredible connection between him and a former president of the United States. You're not going to believe it. That's coming up at the start of Hour 2 and we do our Y'all History segment. And that is a fun thing we do periodically here on the show. And then... As we move on in hour two, we'll welcome in Ryan Fowler from Tuscaloosa, Tide 102.9. That's the sports station there. And Ryan's going to come on and talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide. So hang on for great SEC football coverage in hour two. Continuing our look across the headlines, after the election on Tuesday night, President Trump had a big press conference, something he doesn't do that often. And he had that Wednesday at the White House and Jim Acosta from CNN well, he got his press credentials revoked after he, according to the White House press office, touched one of the female interns there. Very debatable what may have happened there. I watched the entire hour and 25-minute press conference, and Trump was being Trump. I mean, he's kind of a bully at times, and then at times he's extremely brutally honest. And again, it reinforces if you kind of like Trump, there's certainly parts there that you'll say, golly, I'm so glad this guy's the president. And if you hate Trump, you'll say, can we not get rid of this guy? Can he not be impeached? So that that happened yesterday. Now, one of the questions asked at this presser there at the White House was about Attorney General Jeff Sessions. And President Trump found a way to dodge talking about this Alabama native and former longtime senator from the Yellowhammer State. Well, it turns out that the president asked for Jeff Sessions' resignation as Attorney General. And guess what? Jeff Sessions resigned Wednesday. He left the office late Wednesday afternoon, and he will no longer be contentious year, year and a half struggle between Sessions and President Trump. Remember, these two campaigned together in Alabama prior to Trump being elected president, and Sessions may have been the most high-profile person to back President Trump in those early days. And he didn't necessarily endorse him at the very beginning back in 2015. He just showed up with him. I remember that big rally they had in Mobile, which is Jeff Sessions' hometown, and he came out, I think he put on a Trump baseball hat perhaps at that rally. I know he did that at Madison, Alabama during the actual primary season, but President Trump getting the resignation of Sessions as Attorney General. Stepping into the interim Attorney General role is Matthew G. Whitaker, a former Iowa Hawkeye football player. And he was Sessions' chief of staff prior to Sessions being forced out this week. Politically, we know about, if you like history, the old Dewey defeats Truman headlines from the 1940s. Well, it kind of sort of happened again in the capital city of Columbia, South Carolina. As South Carolina's longtime newspaper, the state newspaper based in Columbia, had a deadline. And they went to press saying that Katie Arrington won the first district race for U.S. House in the state of South Carolina. And they had a headline say, Arrington goes to Washington. The only problem was she lost. She lost to Democrat Joe Cunningham, and he defeated Arrington by about 4,000 votes. This is a first congressional district. It's along the South Carolina coast. Charleston is included in that. And what an embarrassing thing for this reputable newspaper, the state newspaper, and Arrington went down. And we talked about that earlier with Howie Morgan a few minutes ago. She should have won. She was a Republican. This has been a district that's been solid Republican for a long time. And Cunningham came out of nowhere to get this victory over Katie Arrington. Now, remember, she also, as we 
may have mentioned, she was in a horrible car accident a couple of months ago, and it's very uh, an amazing story. She's even able to still run for office. It was a deadly car accident she was part of while campaigning. But yes, the Democrat wins in South Carolina. That may have been the biggest congressional upset in the in the South. We had an upset there. It looks like we got an upset in Georgia and the one in Oklahoma City. But no one even considered the South Carolina district there, the first congressional district even up for grabs. But Katie Arrington losing that. That's the seat currently held by Mark Sanford, the former governor of South Carolina, Mr. Appalachian Trail, who went on to be a congressman after he left the governorship. He was a congressman before he became governor in Columbia. And he was defeated by Arrington in the Republican primary. She out-trumped him. He, he's been very critical of President Trump. She out-trumped him, and now she loses to a Democrat. So you know that the diehard conservatives in Area Code 843 are questioning themselves now after they lose that seat to a Democrat. A judge in Houston, Texas, is now promising that he's going to let juvenile defendants go with a simple question. Are you going to kill anyone? And if they say no, well, let him go. And this happens after Judge Glenn Devlin lost his race this week. And after he lost in a huge Democratic sweep in Harris County, Texas, he's now asking youthful defendants that appear in front of him whether they plan to kill anybody. And if no, he will let him go. And I saw a picture in Harris County where Houston is. They had about 22 black female judges elected on Tuesday. Every single black female in a judge race won. A remarkable feat. I don't have any clue who they ran against. Could have been fellow blacks. It could have been another black woman. I really don't know. But I saw a, a striking picture of the courtroom with all these incoming judges there in Harris County. But yes, this judge, after being defeated, pretty much throws his hands up and says, hey, if you're not going to kill anybody, then I'm going to let you out of here if you're a juvenile in Houston, Texas. Also in the state of Texas, a man there has pled guilty to stealing 650 guns from Springfield, Missouri. This 27-year-old man from the Lone Star State has now pled guilty, and he went to a UPS trailer in Springfield. That's the home of the Bass Pro Shops, by the way. Quentin Haywood, who lives in Glen Heights, Texas, has admitted to aiding and abetting others to steal the firearms back in October of 2017. He says that he stole the guns and other cargo from a trailer at a UPS parking lot. The firearms were being shipped from Beretta Firearms in Maryland to a Bass Pro Shops headquarters store there in Springfield. He now faces up to 20 years in federal prison, and four other men indicted in the scheme were arrested in January. But golly, 650 guns, and they came straight from the manufacturer, so they, they were brand new. I don't know what kind of vehicle or truck he might have been putting all those in, but that would have taken a lot of work there. But he's going to be sent upriver for about 20 years, it looks like. We told you not long ago that a pharmacy that's all over the Mid-South, at least, Fred's Pharmacy, was sold. And now this longtime Memphis, Tennessee-based company will be moving its corporate headquarters to Dallas, Texas. A lot of people have been speculating that that would happen, but indeed, employees of Fred's Pharmacy were told that the deal is done and severance packages have now been offered as part of the move. And so Memphis losing a longtime fixture with Fred's moving away from the Mid-South 
In June, the company sold its specialty pharmacies for $40 million, and Fred's announced in September it would be laying off 80 corporate employees. But I know Fred's, based in Memphis, has stores throughout Tennessee, in Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, across the Mississippi River as well. And so if you live in an area with Fred's, you'll see more changes as that pharmacy being sold and relocated its headquarters. Now to the state of Florida, and we've got a trio of disturbing, stupid stories. So hopefully you can stomach it. A man there says he killed and dismembered his roommate because he was possibly the next mass killer. Yes, Eric DaCosta, a 52-year-old man, faces charges of premeditated murder and abuse of a dead body in the death of Paul Stephen Darmetko, whose remains were discovered by hunters back on October 7th. And now the excuse is that he killed him because possibly he might be the next mass killer that we hear about in the media. This is coming from the police. And this man from Fort Lauderdale surrendered himself to police on October 20th after reportedly admitting he had information about the 42-year-old man's death. And so that is a disturbing story coming from Florida. Surely, to goodness, something was going on in his brain, perhaps drugs, that would cause him to kill and dismember his roommate. And the reason was because, well, he was doing everybody a favor because he might be the next mass killer. What a knucklehead. Here's another Florida knucklehead. Career criminal James Dexter Jackson is behind bars, and this 32-year-old man was arrested for a burglary that happened, and this happened in Walton County near Fort Walton Beach, Florida, and he's been charged with grand theft and burglary after a DNA test on a cigarette butt shoved in between a window screen and the wall positively identified him. While doing the burglary, here's why this story is relevant. This man, a 32-year-old, decided that while in the process of the burglary that he would brew up a pot of coffee and take a nice stroll around the place. And he left behind styrofoam cups, also with his DNA he used to drink the coffee with, and that's what helped get him arrested. Yeah, so they he put a cigarette butt in between a window screen, which also helped identify him, but then made a pot of coffee and left behind that cup, and all with his DNA on it. So uh, alert to any criminals, and maybe I shouldn't say this, if you're going to be doing crimes in today's world, DNA will likely get you. It will likely get you. Deputies said they responded to regional utilities after reports that various items from their sheds were missing, including a $400 wakeboard and a $900 pin gold offshore trolling reel with a rod. And an investigation of the scene showed that the suspect entered the building from the rear door and once he made that coffee, he left behind his evidence. And so this man, James Dexter Jackson, in the Walton County Jail. And our last story from Florida. Can you can you handle another one? A crocodile. I didn't know they had crocodiles in Florida, but that's what the headline says. A crocodile has taken a bite out of crime when a half-naked Florida man breaks into the exhibit for a swim. Brandon Keith Hatfield was arrested after he broke into this alligator farm and swam in a pool, and then the crocodile attacked him. A nine-foot Florida croc literally took a bite out of crime. 
and it chomped on the foot of this half-naked man who broke into the crocodile's exhibit to go for the swim. And all of this was caught on video. Really? Did we, we really need this? And Hatfield, 23 years old, was charged this week after he did this at the St. Augustine's Alligator Farm Zoological Park and did, while doing all this, $5,000 worth of damage there at the St. Augustine's Alligator Farm Park. Yeah, and all this caught on video footage. The park's footage shows the man entering the park around 7.45 p.m. and then jumping into a pit from a 20-foot roof, taking a swim in the crocodile-infested pool while knocking down a statue and while only wearing his underwear, was sitting on the bank of the pond and this nine-foot-long crocodile lunges at him and locks its jaw on his left foot and he appears to fight off the reptile and manages to escape by climbing over the enclosure's fence. Yeah, so if you're going to be breaking into an alligator farm and taking a swim, well, <laughs> I don't know where these stories come from. This this has got to be fake news. There's no way this could be true. But yeah, I, unfortunately, friends, I think it's true. Coming from our beloved South, this and St. Augustine, which is a more Southern part of the Sunshine State than, let's say, Miami. But uh, Mr. Hatfield, his foot, if it's still intact, certainly has a nice couple of teeth marks from a nice croc that paid him a visit after he went for a swim in the evening hours there in St. Augustine. <laughs> when we come back on the Y'all Show, we've got Festive South. We've got some places you might want to consider going this weekend. If you want to get out of the house, check out some fall festivals and such. We've got a few real good ones that we'll tell you about. That's up next here on the Y'all Show. At Ulta Beauty, the holidays are all about letting your inner glam shine through at every occasion. So whether you're getting ready to show them who's boss at the office party with pink and berry shades from Urban Decay's new Naked Cherry Palette, or you're getting ready for a mistletoe moment with colorful, kissable lip kits from brands like Tarte, ColourPop, and Anastasia, Ulta Beauty is here to help you shine brighter all season long, from Friendsgiving to New Year's Eve. Get ready to gift. Get ready to glam. Get ready to shine brighter. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. The natural habitat of a creepy doll is a horror movie. It can't help being creepy. It's that small, fixed smile and those never-closing eyes, always watching you, plotting, which you're imagining. It's mindless. But when the creepy doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them easy access to emergency roadside service through an award-winning app, it knows you should switch. Because, yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. The only question is, how did the creepy doll move from the bedroom to the hallway? I would get out of the house. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com Didn't 
just get burned We don't have to feel like dirt anymore Though love's not hurt Baby, it's our turn We were always looking for two And welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl. We've got sports talk coming up in Hour 2, SEC football coverage with Ryan Fowler from the Tide 102.9 in Tuscaloosa. He's going to have plenty of Crimson Tide talk. You don't want to miss it. Right now on the show, we've just survived a contentious election this week. Football's going on, and if you have already conceded the season and said okay my team there's no way we're going to have a good season and you're just ready to turn the page to next year well here's the deal friends there are plenty of great festivals for you to get out and put your family and friends first and just go have a great time and we've got this weekend with it being a holiday remember we've got what was armistice day slash veterans day coming up monday and some of you may have the day off for the holiday And I don't want to discount this. Armistice Day, the original name of this holiday, as this weekend on Sunday, November 11th, it will mark the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I, the Armistice. Thus, it's named Armistice Day. And President Donald Trump's getting on a plane. He's going to France this weekend for the commemoration ceremonies. It's a big deal. We lost a lot of Americans a hundred years ago in the Great War. And let's not forget that. We'll try to mix in some World War One. I've become a little bit of a student on the Great War in the last couple of weeks as I've appreciated its centennial and the conclusion of it. But we'll tell you about that as uh, we go through the next couple of weeks here, marking the 100th anniversary of the end of that war. But yeah, a lot of you now call that Veterans Day. And we appreciate all of our veterans, those who've served, and those who are still serving, thank you for your support of our country. But that, with that's going on, some of you may have a day off from work. So here's a couple of really cool festivals for you to consider going to this weekend. In Pensacola, it's the Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival. So if you want to go hear some good tunes, maybe buy some up-and-coming artists, go to FBISF.com for more info. And just north of Jacksonville, Florida, at Fernandina Beach, it's the Pantique Amelia Island Open going on this weekend. AmeliaIsland.com slash P-E-T-A-N-Q-U-E. I've never been to Fernandina Beach. It's right on the Georgia line over there, just northeast of Jacksonville and Jacksonville Beach. And I, I hear great things about it. So, yeah, Fernandina Beach could be a great a place to go not only this weekend, for the Amelia Island Open, but anytime if you're in the Florida area, certainly uh, a beautiful place there in the Sunshine State. Starting this weekend in James Island, or I should say on James Island, since actually James Island is part of the city of Charleston, it's the Holiday Festival of Lights. Yeah, we've got lights lighting up all over the region now. It's the holiday season. And you can go to the website holidayfestivaloflights.com. This Festival of Lights on James Island lasts from this weekend, starts on Saturday, and goes all the way up to New Year's Day. 
So, yeah, I know a lot of people go there. I think you can go there in your campers, for example, if you have an RV. I think they do it like other places in the south. They charge. It's a, a, a park there, I think, and they charge by the vehicle. So you can put a whole bunch of people in a car, and it's the same price, and this is going on. So, yeah, that is one of the great things about this time of year. And now that the time changed and we've got darkness a little earlier, you can get out and see these things without it being too late if you've got little kiddos who have school and such. But, yeah, that's going on on James Island, South Carolina. James Island just to the west of downtown Charleston across the Ashley River. And you got to go to James Island to get to Folly Beach. And I'll be in that area later this week. I don't know if I'll get to James Island, but if I do, I'll need to go see the Holiday Festival of Lights for sure. Now, coming up next weekend in Lake Charles, it's the Mistletoe and Moss Holiday Market. You can go to visitlakecharles.org. For more info on that, Knoxville, the Tennessee, East Tennessee there, you got the Showcase of Fine Crafts going on next weekend. If you're planning a trip to Knoxville, Knox County, maybe work in a UT football game. I don't know if they've got a game next weekend. They probably don't. They've got a game this weekend against the Kentucky Wildcats. But at Knoxville next weekend, it's the foothillscraftguild.org website you can go to to learn more about a showcase of fine crafts. Now back to the holy city of Charleston, South Carolina. And next weekend there in Charleston, it's the Charleston's Holiday Market. You can go to gilmoreshows.com slash Charleston's Holiday Market for more info. That's next weekend, Holiday Market. And Charleston, of course, a great city for shopping anytime. And if you want to go do your Christmas shopping, that's one of the places really year-round you can find some really unique stuff now, it might be a little pricey, and that's why I don't need to pull out my credit card there when I'm hanging out on Meeting Street and East Bay Street this weekend. I just need to I need to, I need to lose my credit card, frankly. So that, and In fact, I don't even have a credit card. What am I talking about? I have a debit card, which is smart. Dave Ramsey would approve. I don't have a credit card, but when you have a debit card, that means you really don't have much to play with because it's, it's gone and you can't repay it. It's out of that account instantly. Y'all know, you feel my pain. You feel my pain. But how about that? I don't have a credit card. And I've, I've survived for years without having a credit card. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And I'm sorry for all of you who are in major league credit card debt. I have been there. And that's why I ended up getting rid of my credit cards and, and settling and everything's good. I've got good credit. But I just, I, I, I'm not bragging. It, it's It's not hard credit cards they still want their money and and you just it's not like a an account you just keep on spending they're going to come calling if you get behind in fort myers beach florida next weekend it's the american sand sculpting competition i guess at fort myers it's still warm enough there in november to have such an event like this but that's going on you can go to fmbsandsculpting.com for more information on that event next weekend in fort myers beach Raleigh, N.C., the capital city of the Tar Heel State, next weekend. It's the 23rd annual American Indian Heritage Celebration. And we know that in North Carolina, they're the home of the Cherokee Band of Indians. The I think it's called the Eastern Band Cherokee Indians. And they have a presence in the western North Carolina mountains. They also are home of the Lumbee Indians around Lumberton, North Carolina. So Indians, American Indians in the Old North State, have a long history, and, 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 and thankfully, they're still there and have never left in many cases. And they'll be celebrating 
North Carolina's American Indian Heritage with this 23rd annual celebration next weekend. You can go to ncmuseumofhistory.org to learn more about that next weekend. And our last event for next week happens in Pensacola, Florida. It's the Winterfest Trolley Tours. You can go to pensacolawinterfest.org to learn more. This starts next weekend, and then it happens periodically throughout the holiday season. So you might want to go check out the dates and stuff for the Winterfest Trolley Tours in the City of Six Flags, I think. It's either City of Five Flags or Six Flags, Pensacola, Florida. Great place. Well, that will conclude Hour 1 here of the Y'all Show with John Raw. When we come back in Hour 2, we've got some Southern history to tell you about, and it involves slavery. We'll tell you about the first slave that at least documented in the American colonies back in the time that we were part of Great Britain and some other information about slavery in America. Very fascinating stuff and a connection to an American president of recent times. So we'll have all that when we come back here for Hour 2 of the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. This car I'm driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a f- mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range? Oh, they were way off. Son of a. F- Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Hello and welcome in to Hour 2 of this Thursday edition of the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. Happy November 8th to you, 11 I'm John Rawl. We're going to have a great time this hour. We've got some history to pass along, something that is not often promoted in other shows around the country. But here on the Y'all Show, we love our history. We love our Southern history. And we like to talk about things you just have never heard about, our wonderful region, and sometimes it's a little uneasy. Our history is not always perfect or, or good, but here on the Y'all Show, we're going to tell you about it. And we've got an amazing slave-related note to tell you about here on today's show. And in a few minutes, the Crimson Tide of Alabama will be feeded. We'll bring on Ryan Fowler from Tuscaloosa. He's a talk show host each and every afternoon on the sports station, Tide 102.9. And he's going to come on and talk about the Crimson Tide of 2018 are they really the best team in the history of college football i think ryan's going to make a case they just might be and who's going to stop them so we'll talk about crimson tide football if you love the tide roll tide roll tide roll i I had to say that because last week on the show i was talking about auburn and their fight song and the whole war eagle thing so auburn I'm sorry, I gave you plenty of love last week. War Eagle, fly down the field, ever to conquer, never to yield. War Eagle, fearless and true, fight on you, orange and blue, rah, rah, rah. I think that's it. I have never attended one Auburn football game, nor, no, that's not true. I saw them play in 2004. 
I've never been to Jordan Hare for a game. I have never been a student at Auburn. I've never owned one article of clothing with an Auburn logo. So you give me some credit. I'm just rattling off the War Eagle song, which I think is a great song. Now, Alabama fans, here we go. Go teach the bulldog to behave and send the yellow jacket to a watery grave. Fight on, fight on, fight on, man. Remember the Rose Bowl will win. I think that's how it goes. That's the Crimson Tide's fight song. So, all right, enough singing and and such. We got college football talk right around the corner here. Don't miss it. Ryan Fowler, a great friend and a great Southerner. He'll be on to tell you all about the Tide. On the Y'all Show, as we said, we love our history. And we just had a big election this week. And in doing research before Tuesday's election, I was watching some stuff about President Barack Obama. He was in Virginia campaigning for Tim Kaine. And I don't know what led me to start searching. I found something amazing about him. If you know anything about President Obama's heritage, his father was directly from Kenya. So it was always fascinating that here we had our supposed first black president in the history of this country, but he had no American slavery connection. This guy, his father was directly from Kenya. His mother was a white American from Kansas. So he had zero. Well, I didn't realize it, but a couple of years ago, there's a story that came out that perhaps he does have a slave ancestor from here in America, but it comes from his mother's side of the family. Sure enough, as some research done years ago shows that his mother, Stanley Ann Dunham, is descended from a historically significant Virginia slave named John Punch. And all this was done through DNA research. And Punch, as we said, from colonial Virginia, is actually someone of historic note. And so I wanted to give John Punch his due credit here on the Y'all Show today. John Punch was a slave living in the colony of Virginia in the 1600s. I would say somewhere around 1650, somewhere in that time period. And the Virginia Governor's Council at that time sentenced him to serve for the remainder of his life as punishment for running away to Maryland. And he was caught with two European men who also ran away, and they were sentenced to longer indentures but not the permanent loss of their freedom. And for this reason, John Punch, historians consider him the first official slave in the English colonies and his case as the first legal sanctioning of lifelong slavery in the Chesapeake area of Virginia. And historians historians also consider this to be one of the first legal distinctions between Europeans and Africans made in the colony. And it's a key milestone in the development of the institution of slavery in the United States. Again, this is going back to 1650. This happened in York County, Virginia. And John Punch was supposedly born in Cameroon in, in Africa and brought to the colony as a, as a slave. And we had a lot of indentured servants. If you know anything about history, that's where people from Europe were brought over as a form of slavery, indentured servitude. But after a certain period of time, they became free. Well, that wasn't necessarily the case for, for Africans who were brought over. And as we said, President Barack Obama, through his mother, DNA has traced that they think that he was 
the 12th generation grandson of John Punch, the first enslaved African living in the colony of Virginia. How about that? A lot of people have done research. A lot of descendants of John Punch have done research on that name. And he also is believed to be one of the paternal ancestors of former American diplomat Ralph Bunch, not Punch, but Bunch, who was the first black man to win the Nobel Peace Prize, Ralph Bunch. So John Punch, what a amazing story coming from Virginia in a connection to Barack Obama, but not through his father, through his mother, Stanley Ann Dunham. Now, I read somewhere, and I don't have the article here to, to help prove it, but oddly enough, I think Obama is also a descendant of slave owners. He had family through his mother's side of the family that owned land in Kentucky. And they had slaves there. And I think he had also some family in Arkansas, of which not only maybe they, I don't know if they had slaves there or not, but they fought for the Confederate Army. And so Barack Obama, our first black president, what we can prove is that he, I think I think this is more provable than even the fact that he might be related to John Punch, that he's a descendant of a slave owner and a descendant of Confederate ancestors, but he probably is a descendant of John Punch, who was this first slave in the colony of Virginia, but it's through his mother's side of the family. Isn't that crazy? I saw that thought would be a good little feature here on today's Y'all Soap. And to tell you a little bit more about that time period in our country's founding, and in North America's founding, from at least from white people, the Europeans coming here, bringing slaves and such, just to give you an idea of what was going on in that time period of the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, up until the Civil War, the percentage of slaves brought to this part of the world from Africa, I have a breakdown here. And oddly enough, you would think that there were so many slaves brought to America, but not really. 3.7% of all slaves brought from Africa ended up in North America, in the British mainland, North America. The more common destination for slaves during that pre-Civil War time period, Brazil. They had about 11% of all slaves were shipped to Brazil. Jamaica, also a huge import. Remember, they were harvesting rum in that part of the world. Rum was extremely valuable. They need It was very hard to harvest rum, and so slaves were brought in to Jamaica, Brazil, Barbados. A lot of these Caribbean countries or islands were just brought in in huge amounts as Brazil. I should say Brazil was broken into different parts at that time, and I told you that they had like 10%. Actually, another part of Brazil had 21% of all African slaves brought into it at that time. How about this? 1.4% of all slaves that were captured and put into slavery during those years were actually sent to Africa. Uh, that's, that's what I'm reading here. So, yeah, what a, a crazy thing there of enslaved Africans prior to the Civil War. And the amount of ships and such the slaves brought in during to the, to the United States in that time period. I just talked about John Punch. During the time period that he was alive, According to what I'm looking at here on a research website, about 824 slaves were brought in during the mid-1600s as slaves. And then the number starts ticking up. Prior to the Revolutionary War, 
about 7,000 had been brought in. And then as we get closer to the war, about 85,000 brought in in the 25-year time span before 1776. And then the biggest import of slaves into the United States happened in the early 1800s. From 1801 to 1825, nearly 110,000 slaves brought in. But we know that the, the people were starting to turn against slaves. It, would, it had been outlawed in most all of the northern states. The south was fighting what to do with it. Ended up helping be one of the causes of the Civil War. But we had problems in the 1830s with the nullification crisis too. But by the time 1826 came... The 25-year time period between 1826 and 1850, this is hard to believe. I said there were about 110,000 brought in between 1800 and 1825, but between 1826 and 1850, that next 25 years of the 19th century, only 1,850 slaves were imported into America. That's hard to believe. And only 476 were brought in between 1851 and when the Civil War ended in slavery was outlawed of course what happened then of course after they were brought in they started to reproduce you didn't need to bring in slaves you could have slaves have children and such and and that's what some of that was all about but yeah just a little highlight on the history of slavery and a connection to the 44th president of the united states and just the numbers there maybe you learned a little something here on the y'all show and an ugly stain in our country's history, but I, I want as a Southerner, we we get hit over the head all the time about how racist we are and how terrible it is that we had slavery. I want to remind you, every colony in the American British colonies, uh, the 13 colonies, all had slavery. Yes, New York had slavery. Massachusetts had slavery. They all had it. Canada had slaves. Everybody had it. Mexico's had slaves. Slavery has been a, a world epidemic. And it still goes on. It's, it's going on right now in this country, not in the same way it did in the 19th century, but it is a form of slavery going on now. It's a terrible thing, but it's been part of the world history. Going back to the time of the Bible, slavery was a part of it. So if you feel horrible about it, you shouldn't feel great about it, but don't feel that horrible because it, it's been a world problem. And if you are a black person living to it, I'm sorry that you, know, you may have anger about what happened, but it, it's, it's happened all over the world. It truly has, and it, and that's not making excuses for it. It's just a simple fact, okay? But that is a little bit of the history of slavery here in America and our tribute to John Punch, who's listed as the first slave in Virginia. All right, we're going to move from history, the classroom of talking about slavery, to the Alabama classroom and the schooling that Alabama football is putting on every opponent they face in 2018. Ryan Fowler is our guest. He'll be on next to tell you all about this number one team. You're listening to the Y'all Show. Talk with us, Southern Accent. This car I'm driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range? Oh, they were way off. Son of a... Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. 
Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <laughs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say happy holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from. Or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry, get jolly, get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent here on a Thursday. And yes, the million dollar band playing the great sounds from the University of Alabama. And this, our SEC spotlight with the Y'all Show with John Rawl. And to talk Alabama, we bring on from Tuscaloosa and the game in T Town. Ryan Fowler is the host of the game each afternoon in Tuscaloosa, if you get a chance to listen to it. And he's joining us once again. And let me warn you. If you're not a fan of Alabama, you might want to go take a sedative here real quick because I'm sure there will be something coming out of Ryan that will get you fired up. Ryan, welcome into the Y'all Show. Man, I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, I know we're talking about Mississippi State and LSU, but how about those <laughs> Citadel Bulldogs coming in in a couple of weeks? Hey, how about them? I'm going to be scouting them out this weekend. When they play a really good team from Alabama, do you know who they're playing this weekend at Johnson Hagen Stadium? I, I'm going to guess Troy or Jacksonville State. Am, am I wrong? No. Yes, you're wrong. They're playing the Sanford Bulldogs. Okay. Are they a really good team? They're pretty good. They got a really good quarterback, Devlin Hodges. He torched. Not that it means that much. He torched Florida State. They should have beat Florida State earlier in the season. But he's about to eclipse some big records there in Birmingham with the Sanford Bulldogs. But yes, in case you're not familiar, the Citadel will be playing in Tuscaloosa next weekend at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And I know that the tickets are going big time for that one. What, what's, the, what's the latest cost for a, t- for a ticket? A couple thousand dollars? Oh, at least. At <laughs> least. Uh now, are you, you, you're going to make it to Tuscaloosa for that game? Oh, I've already got my tickets. And I, I've, complimented, I, I've complimented Alabama before 
One of the reasons I'm going to this game is it's a big deal. I'm a proud Citadel alum. In fact, that's one reason I'm going to Charleston this weekend, Ryan. I have my 25th class reunion this weekend at the Citadel. So, yes, I'm old. But the University of Alabama treats their visitors really good. If you get a ticket in the official visitor section at Bryant-Denny Stadium, it is a great view and that's why I'm going. I got a seat, and I'm taking my eight-year-old son, and we're going to have a great time, and I'm looking forward to what comes next weekend, no matter what the score. All right, all right. and I know your 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 son is a, a kind of like a young walking encyclopedia <laughs> of, of football. So, it, it, listen, and you got to walk him, and I know that when you talk about history, you got to walk him around any chimes, and you see all the different – footprints and a handprints of legends of college football and then you walk down that walk of champions you know being a historian and loving the game man you, you gotta you know you, you gotta embrace that and, and see all those national title and you know it looks like this Alabama team is on another pace yes uh, for possibly winning another national title I mean, man they're a great football team John and you know you and I go back a long way this may be Nick Saban's best team, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on your show. Yeah, I'm saying that because I truly believe it, man. This team is historic uh, here in Tuscaloosa. Well, Ryan, I want to talk about great teams, but it's been a few months since you and I chatted, and we got to give props to a team that you and I actually do both enjoy watching and both root for, and that's the Atlanta Braves, who actually won the National League East Division. I know you're a big Braves fan, so not often do we get to talk about getting a, a, a banner in the outfield there at SunTrust Park. Hey, it, it's good to get back in that. You know, I, I go back to the 90s when I would sit around. I'd watch it with my grandmother. Yeah. Yes, my grandmother was a big Braves fan, and, you know, it was out of a super station that we would all get that on, and, you know, we'd either watch it or listen to it, and she was a huge Braves fan. She kind of passed that on to me and uh, created the passion and, uh, you know, when, when we begin to kind of thinking about it, I mean, it, it's just awesome to uh, to think Alabama, you know, uh, Atlanta, Brave baseball, Alabama football, you know, the, these long traditions of winning. And, Ryan, you'll love this. You mentioned my son, Knowlton. He is a big sports guy. And on Labor Day weekend, he and I went on a sports odyssey, and we started out on a Friday night at SunTrust. We saw the Braves play the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it happened to be Auburn night at SunTrust Park oh. because oh, Auburn, Auburn played the very next day against Washington in that Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. So you would have loved being there. There were about 30,000 Auburn fans in their orange hats that had the old Braves logo on them. You would have felt right at home that night. Where did they park their tractors? Did, <laughs> did they have special parking lots for those? I don't really know how they got there, but... Hey, I'm not going to pick on Auburn too much. There's some, uh, they've got some pretty good-looking ladies from Auburn. Of course, Crimson Tide Nation's got a few too, so not that we need to be judging that here on the Y'all Show, but I will give them credit for that. But, yes, the Braves lost that game. Then the next day, my son and I went to see Georgia Tech play because we'd never seen them play or been to a game in Atlanta, and then we went to the Citadel. They, went to, they played Walford that day, but enough about all that. I just wanted to throw that in to the Braves fans out there that uh, Ryan, I know, has been, he's not a homer. He's been pulling for those Braves in the rotten years like Colin Ray once sang oh, about. <laughs> I mean, Lord, the 80s, that's why I was talking about, I mean, we, we kind of jumped on the, you know, the passion of the 90s, man. I mean, it was great to see all those pennants being hung. What was it, like 14? I lost track. I lost track. But yeah, I, I I'm sure like you, 
I actually have more appreciation for the 80s Braves, the Dale Murphys and the Horners and all yeah. those guys. Yeah, and you know, and I got a, uh, I was doing some autograph stuff uh, at my house, cleaning up my collection, and I got a big Dale Murphy autographed uh, Braves helmet that's sitting on my bookshelf. Really? And uh, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a de- dedicated, Bra- you know, Braves guy, and Dale Murphy was always one of my favorite players, and you know, I'd still love to see him in the Hall of Fame, but you know, the juiced era of, of Major League Baseball, it kind of redefined some of the the numbers that they're looking for. And I think some of those are skewed because of the things running through their veins. I mean, you look at Dale Murphy's numbers, uh, I think he deserves in the Hall of Fame. I can't believe I mean, he's not in it. You're actually telling me something I didn't know. Dale Murphy is yeah. not in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. He is not. He is not. Uh, but... He was a great player for us, and I always enjoyed watching him. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, Nick Saban will be in a Hall of Fame soon if he's not there already. You mentioned it. This may be his best team yet. And, Ryan, if you don't like the Crimson Tide, that's not the kind of verbiage we want to be hearing coming from you in Tuscaloosa. But I I kind of made a pact here. You came on the show, I think, in late June, and I said, you know what? We caught so much grief for having you on and – talking smack against other SEC teams that I'm not going to let Ryan come on the y'all show again until Alabama loses. Well, I'm not sure if I keep that policy intact that you're going to come on at all. So I, I've lowered my standards, and we got you on today's show. Yeah, I mean, who's, you know, look, look at all the beatings that Alabama's handing out. <laughs> I mean, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's Mississippi State, I mean, you know, they're coming to get theirs this weekend. LSU and Coach O and you know, they convinced each other that they were going to come in and, you know, play with Alabama. But at the end of the day, no contest, 29 to nothing. They got a great fan base. Listen, I love the Tiger fan base. I think they're as passionate as any. But it's not measurement of fan bases. It's a measurement of football. And if you can't push, push the ball across the goal line, uh, you're not going to score many points. And if you don't score points, you're not going to beat Alabama. And, and, and with this offense of Tua Tungvaloa, you know, going down to Tiger Stadium in a hostile environment uh, was 25 of 42 and two touchdowns. He ran one. He did have the IMT, but uh, man, what a what a performance! Maybe this is the best quarterback in Alabama history. Who knows? I mean, if he continues to put up these numbers, he's certainly going to have an argument one day. And Ryan, I have not watched every single game nor play from the Alabama Crimson Tide this year, but I think I'm accurate in saying this. They really haven't had to play a full game the entire year. How many times has Tua actually played in the fourth quarter this year? One time, and that was LSU. Yeah, so it it is. I mean, think about that. And and really, I mean, it took nine football games for your starting quarterback to play in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's even – I mean, it's hard to say that that they're this dominant. And, you know, the conversation here locally has been – and and. For outsiders, has has Alabama made it boring for the rest of college football? Have they made it boring? You know, I mean, you think about LSU getting amped up and believing they had a chance to only get smacked down and, you know, with their tail between their legs. And all these teams get built up. And then, you know, is it is Alabama created boredom in college football? You know, I could see where, where maybe a little bit from the opposing side would, would say that it is a little bit boring. Well, it is boring. That's why we need Alabama to at least make it competitive in the fourth quarter against teams like eh, the Citadel, for example. 
so we'll have to see. But what, it, Ryan, you you have fans call every day. You have a four hours. Is it four or have you moved it up to five hours now? No, no, it's four. It's okay. four. It's two to six. Two okay. to six every day. I, I was, you know, with Tuscaloosa, you never know. You might start doing a 24-hour show pretty soon. But at four hours a day, you get calls from all over the, the spectrum when it comes to Alabama football. What is the only, if any, complaint you're getting about this 2018 edition of Alabama football? Special teams, kicker. Man, we've missed more PATs. Uh, that I would be willing to say that probably anybody in college football. I mean, it, it is it's embarrassing when somebody gives you a scholarship and you struggle with point after uh, touchdowns. I mean, it, it has not been a good year for place kicking in Tuscaloosa. They they went through a couple of different guys. Uh, not very good. We talk about place kicking. You know, they, they had a punter that they had a scholarship for, and he lost his starting job to someone who is not on a scholarship. And so it's it's not been good uh, from a special team standpoint, and I guess that's what's preventing this team from being, you know, maybe even a notch above what we're talking about. I mean, this is a pretty good football team, uh, but special teams may knock this team down from being a ten out of ten. Well, last year you had the same problem with place kicking. In fact, your place kicker nearly cost you the national championship against Georgia. It did. It did. If Tua doesn't complete that pass. Uh, second and 26, you know, I mean, think about it for a couple of minutes. I mean, you know, place kicking would have lost the national title. Place kicking's never been good here, but I don't know if it's ever been this bad. I mean, you're missing not 30-yard attempts. We're talking about point after touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, John, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but I think they've missed six or seven point after attempts. Hmm. Where's Van Tiffin when you need him? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I wish he had some sons out here that we could we could tap into i know lee tiffin a couple of years ago lee tiffin is that, is that uh, his but, name i'm sorry no 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 you're right van van was the older guy in the 80s yeah that's lee, yeah lee tiffin was the um his son okay. so we need more sons of of the tiffins out here we need to have more kids because it seems like they're the only guys that can put it between the uprights well they're too busy making motorhomes well that's true true and they do a good job of it too man i've seen some of their motor homes. Yep. Really, really fancy. Red Bay, Alabama. Good place there. We're talking with Ryan Fowler here on the Y'all Show. We are discussing Alabama Crimson Tide football. And in case you don't know, Alabama number one in the country in college football. Unanimous number one. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Ryan about the SEC picture. As Alabama's already punched its ticket to the SEC championship, they'll face Georgia in early December. We'll get his thoughts on other teams like Georgia and who else in all of college football can give the Crimson Tide a slight run for the money? This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. At Ulta Beauty, the holidays are all about letting your inner glam shine through at every occasion. So whether you're getting ready to show them who's boss at the office party with pink and berry shades from Urban Decay's new Naked Cherry Palette, or you're getting ready for a mistletoe moment with colorful, kissable lip kits from brands like Tarte, ColourPop, and Anastasia, Ulta Beauty is here to help you shine brighter all season long, from Friendsgiving to New Year's Eve. Get ready to gift. Get ready to glam. Get ready to shine brighter. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. 
The natural habitat of a creepy doll is a horror movie. It can't help being creepy. It's that small, fixed smile and those never-closing eyes, always watching you, plotting, which you're imagining. It's mindless. But when the creepy doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them easy access to emergency roadside service through an award-winning app, it knows you should switch. Because, yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. The only question is, how did the creepy doll move from the bedroom to the hallway? I would get out of the house. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com Back on the Y'all Show on this Thursday edition, our SEC Spotlight. And we have Ryan Fowler. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ryan C. Fowler. And he has plenty of great information. If you love the Alabama Crimson Tide, he is your connection to all things UA. And with Ryan, we're having our SEC Spotlight. And we're talking about the number one Alabama Crimson Tide. The Tide and Mississippi State get together this Saturday in the 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern, CBS Vern Lundquist Special. And going to be a great afternoon, we hope, for football in the Southeast as the Tide now has three home games to wrap up the 2018 regular season. Any threat at all from Nick, Fitz, Nick Fitzgerald and the Bullies this weekend, Ryan? None. Okay. None. Uh, no, I mean, listen, they got a good team. But I don't know if they can come to Tuscaloosa. And, you know, you guys will probably replay this when they do. But uh, I, I don't – defensively, they're an elite football team. Offensively, see, this is the problem. It's can you score enough points to keep up with this team. I think uh, when you look at Mississippi State, they're somewhere around eight uh, in the SEC. Now, they're number one in total defense in the SEC. And a top five pretty much all across the board defense – uh, when you compare them on the national level, but number one of the SEC, 
in just about every major statistic. A great defense, but I don't know if they're going to be enough to come over and, and stop this this offense. And I don't know if, if their offense is going to be able to score enough points against this defense because that was the biggest takeaway from LSU is how that side of the football for Alabama on the defensive side, you know, came to play and, and really stood up and, and made a lot of noise. So, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these two teams, you know, tangle, 2.30 CBS game. But I, I don't know if the dogs are going to have enough. I mean, they couldn't beat Alabama last year in Starkville. They had them against the ropes. That last-second touchdown throw to Devontae Smith uh, from Jalen Hurts. I just don't know if there's enough in the tank for them to beat Alabama. Speaking of Mr. Hurts, what's the latest with his injury situation? Well, I don't I don't really know if I expect him to go this weekend. I think with his injury, he's still limited, guys. I mean, he's still – and if you take the wheels off of him, I, I don't know exactly what, you know, he, he can give you, you know, when you begin to kind of look at that. You know, it's kind of like me. You know, uh, or, or anybody else, you take your number one skill set away. I mean, I do a talk radio show. Well, if you take my voice away from me, I'm not able to do a talk radio show. And if you take Jalen Hurts' wheels and he's running a little bit, you know, limpy on one, I, I don't know if, you know, he can give you too much uh, that, you know, can make the other team think about it. So I, he's not known as a passer. He's known more as a, you know, a, a guy that, obviously could take off and beat you and extend plays. And if you take that away, I, don't, I just don't know what exactly, you know, he, he can give you, you know, from a standpoint of making other teams think about it. Mac Jones, is that your backup quarterback? Yeah, Mac Jones from Bowles High School there in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, he, he's a serviceable guy. He's got, he's got a big arm and, uh, you know, but nothing compared to Tua. I mean, it, it's – yeah significant drop-off between, you know, Tua and Mac Jones. Well, we've seen Jones already with some a fair amount of playing time for a guy who's actually, I guess, the third-string quarterback because of Alabama's domination. He has already seen the field a fair amount. Ryan, who are you most concerned about in all of college football if the Tide had to suit up against someone? Who would give them a little bit of a, a challenge? Well, the New England Patriots would be a team <laughs> that I think that would be able to challenge Alabama. Uh, Tom Brady might be able to pick this secondary apart. Well, they're going to be uh, in Na- they're playing in Nashville this weekend, and it's not all that far from Bryant Denny to Nissan Stadium. So let's go ahead and we'll let the Titans take the week off, and we'll just go ahead and have the World Championship: Patriots versus Crimson Tide. Yeah, I mean, guys, I'm going to tell you, John, this is going to sound arrogant. I wouldn't expect but- anything less of you, Ryan. I, I, I don't know if anybody can beat Alabama. I, I, unless Alabama has to help a team beat them. And what I'm trying to say with that is, in other words, they got to give three or four, uh, you know, as far as turnovers. They're, they're going to have to help a team beat them. So they're going to have to go into a game. You know, they're going to have to have four or five turnovers and give the other team some chances. I, I just don't know anybody, because this defense, see what we thought was going to be a weaker unit, now they look like a typical Nick Saban-style defense. You add that together, I just don't know if, if you can find a way 
to beat this team unless Alabama gives you a lot of INTs, a lot of turnovers. It's just going to be really, really difficult. Uh, if Alabama plays their game, I think they'll hoist up the national title out in Santa Clara, California, coming up in 60, maybe it's 61 days. We count it down in Tuscaloosa. So, uh, I mean, you know, we even get a sponsor for that, which is always great. <laughs> Who is that, by the way? Alabama Credit Union. AlabamaCU.com. Checking, savings, mortgage, home equity loan, financing your vehicle. Alabama Credit Union reminding us to remind you the championship countdown. So Alabama Credit Union. How hard of a sale was that when you went in there to talk to them about that particular feature? No, well, and actually they, they sponsor not only championship countdown, they sponsor the countdown to Alabama football. Okay, I've heard uh, of that. That's kind of normal. But a countdown to a championship's a little abnormal. <laughs> well, but you got to remember, you know, we're kind of arrogant down here in Tuscaloosa. Really? So you, yeah, when you win five out of the last nine, you, you kind of have a right to be in, 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 in a little arrogant and entitled, too. So. Yeah, and I'm still upset that you should have had six out of nine on a last-second play, that team – coached by the pride of Pelham, Alabama, found a way to win. Now, they're number two in the country. Do you think Clemson will have a chance to have a rematch with Alabama this year? Yeah, I think they'll win out. I really do. I mean, I I think, uh, you know, when you begin to look at Clemson, I I just don't know if they'll have a chance to to lose a game. I I think they'll win out. Uh, I think the Notre Dame fighting Irish, I think they'll win out. Uh, I I don't think Syracuse can beat those guys. And then when you begin to kind of, you know, break it down, this committee member, th- these guys are going to have a dilemma, you know, because if, if that fourth spot, it's not about one, two, and three. It's really about that fourth spot. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about Michigan, if they're able to continue to win, uh, you know, that'll be a team that I think that will get a lot of consideration. But, you know, there's some other teams out there that could cause some, you know, some issues. Now, you know, if, if everything goes as, you know, chalk and, straight down the board. Ryan, we're a couple years into the CFP experiment. What is your take on the number of teams being at four? Are you okay with that, or do you want to see an expansion? No, I like I like four teams. Um, I've covered Alabama several years when we, when we make it to the championship game, and I've watched the fatigue factor. I've watched the, the most talented roster in college football play 15 games. It's, it's, it's pushing the limits of these kids, especially the physical style of play that we play in here in the SEC. It, it's, it's very difficult, uh, to go through 50, think about it, John, 15 games. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of football, uh, for kids that, that are not professional athletes. You, you, you know, you add a couple of extra teams, you know, th- then you're going to add some, you know, some extra games. And I don't know if that's what college football needs, man. I'm, I'm not a big, uh, you know, proponent of, of getting past the four teams. I think we're fine. And, you know, a lot of your other coaches that are not part of it, they'll advocate that there should be an increase in number, but they're just upset that they're not part of it, man. 15 games is a lot. I've watched, like I said, I've watched Alabama. Matter of fact, that 2016 season that you were talking about, when Alabama lost it to Clemson down in Tampa, that team was so fatigued that they were, I mean, they were give out because of, of, of the, you know, the schedule they play and, uh, you know, having to stretch it out there at the end. It, it's rather difficult. I mean, 15 games is a lot for college football. We're talking with 
Ryan Fowler, host of the game on Tide 102.9 FM in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He has the dominant sports talk show in West Alabama, and we're glad to have him back on the show. He and I have worked together for many, many years, and it's always good to catch up with Ryan Fowler on Twitter. You can catch him at Ryan C. Fowler. I have to ask you, what, what's been – I know you have to deal with the what I call the Alabama crazies on a daily basis. Give me some – good fun stuff that's come out of your show here in the last couple of weeks or so wow um i know that's hard discussing well no no we're we're discussing right now is this the greatest college football team you know of all time really and not just not, not just alabama you're talking about in all of college football well because you know you go back to miami or you go back to alabama it's always been one side of the football that's been so dominant. You know, you either have a great offense or you have a great defense. Well, this team is, is so well-rounded. If they had a darn kicker, they would have an argument. I think the kicker may prevent them because, you know, it's a part of the game. There's three parts of the game, defense, offense, and special teams. And Alabama special teams stinks, man. It, it's just not very good. Which and, we and can so make that, we can make an argument that that special teams is part of the reason they won a national championship in 2015 with that kickoff there in the championship game. Sure, and it's been I mean it's a key part of the game, and you're totally neglecting you know that part of the game. So it, it's disappointing to see with this much talent uh, the the struggles you know in punting, in place kicking, simple PATs. It, it, it's quite embarrassing, John. I mean. So we'll see if that gets corrected. If it does, you know, this team might make an argument. Uh, but but we'll also – it's the eye-opening of Tua Tonga-Valoa. I mean, a quarterback that just played in the fourth quarter, and if he stays healthy, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I mean, John, I'm a Heisman voter. Yes, I'm Bama biased, but I take those colored glasses off and I put them to the side when I'm voting – in this Heisman or any other vote. I, I'm a Blitnikoff voter. i got a football writers association. I, I vote in a couple of um, national awards, Bronco Nagurski Award, which is a defensive player, Walter Camp uh, Player of the Year. So I, I've got quite a few that I vote for, and I really do. I mean, I know I sound like a homer on this, but I, I do. I would be an idiot if Tua doesn't stay healthy. He's the best player in college football, period. He is. And, and so I'd be an idiot not to vote for him. And, and – uh, I know I'm not allowed to reveal my vote, but we're not there yet. But if he continues, uh, I'll have a hard time not voting for him. Is he getting enough love, not from Tuscaloosa, but from other parts of the country? Do you think? Oh, he... yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I think the best player in college football, and, you know, Oklahoma, Kyler Murray certainly got an argument with that, but I, I don't think he's in the uh, – unless something happens with an injury or he has a bad game. You know, that four or five interception game we were talking about a couple of minutes ago. All right. Ryan, this is a show all about the South here on the Y'all Show. And, of course, we love our college football. We love talking a little SEC. And it's been a few months. I was in Tuscaloosa at the end of 2017 and actually took my son. We talked about him earlier. To Bryant-Denny Stadium, got a picture of him in front of the statues of, of Paul Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. So we've already done that. We don't have to go rush to that next weekend when we're on campus. What's the hottest thing going in T-Town from a food standpoint these days? Well, there's no way you can come to Tuscaloosa without not going to Dreamland. Uh, it is, they must be one of your sponsors. Uh, 
No, they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and, and, uh, Dreamland is always good. I mean, I, I love the ribs. But I, I tell you now, we're talking about Southern. Yes. There is a place called Southern L House. That's what I'm looking that's for. A, that's a little hidden place uh, across the, the, the river. And, I mean, they do stuff like all these Southern cuisines, like, you know, whether – and they do it, really mix it up. Like, uh, you know, one of the items on the menu, menu is like fish and taters. I mean, you know, you go in a place and they label it as fish and taters, you know that's a good place. Uh, they just do a lot of Southern dishes, uh, you know, those old-fashioned turnip greens and collards and uh, just fried potatoes. It just – it, they take the southern food that we love so much, and, and they mix it into all these different dishes. So, I love Southern Ale House, and they're also a sponsor of mine. But, but it's a, uh, I mean, Tuscaloosa, as you know, has grown quite yes. a bit. Yes, and it has. So we've we, we've added a lot of great restaurants, but those are probably two of my my favorites. Now, now, a good lunch spot. Uh, I like Nukes, which is you know based there in in Oxford, Mississippi, and. We've got a franchise here. So I, I love Nukes, too, man. Yeah. Nukes is a good place to eat. A good sandwich spot. I love that white barbecue sauce that they serve on the Nukes queue. So uh, I, kinda, I like that. And, man, I'm not, listen, you know me. I don't miss meals. Man. That's, that's why I'm asking you. I knew we could get the inside scoop from you. I will have to ask but, before. Now, City Cafe is another place, too. Yeah. What about Nicks and the Sticks? Is that still open? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Listen, it, it, it's a, it's a, you know, it's kind of one of those hole in the wall type steakhouses, but it's good. It's okay. good. Like if, if Mississippi State fans are coming over, Nixon Sticks would be a good place to go. <laughs> it's a, you know, you get a good fillet or, um, yeah, you know, ribeye. It, it's really fairly priced too. And it's towards Starkville, from what I remember. It's been twenty years since I went to Nixon the Sticks, but when you started to talk about that other place, the Southern Ale place, I thought that might be what you were referencing when you said it was kind of out of your way, but. Ryan Fowler, we love having you on, and we love talking grub and crimson tide football. It, it may not get any better for you. Hey, listen, man. It, it's always, man, I love talking, you know, Alabama crimson tide football. And I do a lot of interviews uh, throughout the southeast. And, man, it's, it, it's always good just to talk with people that are as passionate about the game that we love so much here in Tuscaloosa. I mean, I spend 20 hours of my week covering the greatest dynasty in college football history and when i could extend that and talk with people that have that same passion uh, it, it's always a good highlight and good to catch up with you guys all right ryan fowler host of the game on tide 102.9 in tuscaloosa ryan we'll catch up with you maybe around national championship time how's that sound hey no doubt man i'll be out in the uh, left coast and uh, man even though i disagree with most of their politics <laughs> we gotta we gotta go to the championship out there in Santa Clara, California. What do you think California people know about college football? Not much. We'll see what we can do. Not much. You're right. Ryan Fowler, thank you very much. Well, that will conclude today's Y'all Show. Thank you. We'll be back here tomorrow for the Friday Free for Y'all and much, much more. You've been listening to Y'all with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent. This car I'm driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range? Oh, they were way off. Son of a... 
Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say Happy Holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from. Or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry, get jolly, get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's Vistaprint.com promo code HOLIDAY.